sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A Thursday starts right now live on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens. Let's dive right in on this Thursday morning because we have action. The opening round of the 150th playing of the Open Championship. The old course at St. Andrews, the home of golf. And we are underway early on this Thursday It's into the afternoon hours over there in Scotland and a couple of cams at the top of the leaderboard as it stands through this first round of the 150th Open Championship. Cameron Young, the 25-year-old PGA Tour rookie, off to a sensational start in his opening round. He is the leader in the clubhouse, eight under par for his opening round, par 72 at St. Andrews. That's a 64 to get things started at the home of golf. But right behind him would be Cameron Smith. He's at five under par alongside Ernie Els at the tender age of 52. And who's also still on the golf course already five under in his opening round at the Open Championship? Yes, that would be one Rory McIlroy. The betting favorite entering the Open Championship. 10 to 1 in the pre-tournament odds. And as you can see there, that number growing shorter on this Thursday morning. The odds continue to change as we give you this live update to get things started at St. Andrews. Roy McIlroy, now the live favorite on the FanDuel Sportsbook, plus 550. His pre-tournament price of 10 to 1 nearly shaved in half on this Thursday morning at the Open Championship. Cam Smith, 18 to 1 before the tournament got underway. He is now 8 to 1. Cameron Young, way down the leaderboard, now at 10 to 1 in terms of those odds perspectives, although Cameron Young is the leader through round one so far at St. Andrews. We have Jordan Spieth teeing it off later in this afternoon. Xander Shoffley, one of the hottest golfers on planet Earth right now, teeing off later as well. 14 to 1. Justin Thomas off to a good start in his opening round as well. 22 to 1. That live update at the Open Championship. When we check back in at the Open at St. Andrews to start off our number two of this Thursday on the morning after, one Eldrick Tiger Woods will begin his play at St. Andrews, his favorite golf course in the world all the odds you need to know on the big cat as he begins his prowl at the 150th open championship so we continue rolling in the sports world tons of action to get you caught up on on this thursday live all across the grid including a huge july series right before the all-star break in major league baseball it's important to provide perspective we're still here in july We have got past the midway point of this Major League Baseball season. And when we hit the All-Star break come Sunday evening, that will be the end of the official first half of the Major League Baseball campaign. So, so much baseball still to go into these summer months, into the early fall. But it was a huge series out in Atlanta, nevertheless, between the Braves and the Mets, dueling for that top spot in the National League East. And the Mets go on the road and take two of three, winning the series against the Braves 
and the finale yesterday. Day baseball on a Wednesday in the A, 7-3, the final in favor of the Mets. The man known as Frankie, Francisco Lindor. A three-run home run in the top of the third, really opening up the scoring for the Mets. His 64th RBI in total, that's the seventh most in all of the bigs. The Mets winning 7-3. The offense providing that spark for Chris Bassett on the mound for New York. Six innings of work, only one earned run given up. He has recorded a decision in seven straight starts. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates. Now in the fold, I am Ben Stevens. Let's dive right back into Major League Baseball because a huge series between the Mets and the Braves, where New York now takes a two-and-a-half game lead over Atlanta in the National League East standings and their odds to win the division getting better after this three-game set against the Braves. Now minus 150 as the odds-on favorites. The Amazons entered this series in Atlanta as a minus 130 favorite. That price on the Braves was plus 110 for the second-best odds. It is now plus 130. By the way, the Phillies have now lost four straight games. They sit nine games back. So the Mets... And the Braves still meet each other 12 times in the second half of this Major League Baseball season, including nine games in the month of August and the second to last series of the year. So much more to be decided in the National League East. But as it stands right now, the Mets, a minus 150 favorite to win the division from an odds perspective and a two and a half game lead in those divisional standings. The Mets and the Braves the second and third best odds respectively in the National League, both trailing the Dodgers, who are the favorites at plus 200. A wild game for L.A. yesterday, down 6 to nothing in St. Louis against the Cardinals. Entering that seventh inning, the Dodgers score seven runs in the final three innings of the game to come all the way back for a 7-6 victory over the St. Louis Cardinals, making good on that favored price at plus 200. We'll look at the National League Cy Young odds in just a moment. But first, here's what we have in store on this Thursday on the morning after live right here on SportsGrid. We'll continue to go around Major League Baseball. Joe P. Sapia, the host of Diamond Bets, will join us in this opening hour to look at everything in the bigs through the first half of this Major League Baseball season. We'll talk the football future landscape with FanDuel's Ryan Williams in just a little bit as well. And then in hour number two, another check-in on the Open Championship. And we'll go all around Major League Baseball. We'll get some look into the NBA rumor mill as well. Tons in store on this Thursday live right here on SportsGrid. I'm checking to my right because I have the Open Championship up on a side monitor all along the action as well. The Diamond Dash in Major League Baseball is next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. on this Thursday all across sports grid the diamond dash looking back on the day that was in Major League Baseball right before we hit the break we told you the favorites in the National League the Los Angeles Dodgers a two to one price on LA as your favorite side a wild game last night in St. Louis against the Redbirds down six nothing entering the top of the seventh inning the Dodgers storm back for a seven six victory the reason they were in the hole not the greatest start for the guy that has the most wins in Major League Baseball, the man known as the Catman, 
Tony Gonsolin, a perfect 11-0 entering last night in St. Louis. And that's where he remains because of the resiliency of Los Angeles, storming back for that come-from-behind 7-6 victory. But for the Goose, five innings pitched, only five earned runs given up, but remains perfect this year, an 11-0 record. He entered yesterday with the Bigs' best ERA in all of Major League Baseball, a 1-6-2 ERA that after the five earned runs given up against St. Louis, the Catman up to a 2-0-2 ERA. Tony Gonsolin, the fourth best odds, tied for the fourth best odds in the National League Cy Young at 13-1. Joe Musgrove was on the bump as well yesterday for San Diego he struggles in a loss to the Rockies. San Diego now has lost four of their last five games, 10 of their last 15, as we are about to enter the All-Star break. And the Padres sit eight and a half games behind the Dodgers in the National League West. Your favorite to win the National League Cy Young in an odds-on minus money category is Sandy Alcantara. We'll see who starts for the National League in the All-Star game on Tuesday night. Let's go to the American League because the hottest team in baseball right now the Baltimore Orioles continue to win games. Now 10 straight victories for the O's. Oh my goodness, indeed. 7-1 yesterday, the victory in favor of Baltimore in Wrigley. The victory in favor of Baltimore over the Cubbies. But the O's still booked as an underdog yesterday, actually in both of these road games inside the friendly confines of Wrigley Field in this two-game set against Chicago. So talk about the profits of a team booked as an underdog in six of their 10 straight wins. You're hitting big plus money numbers on Baltimore still. And the Orioles, now one game above 500, 45 and 44 straight up this year. It is remarkable honestly kind of bonkers to say that at this point one more series until the all-star break the Baltimore Orioles are one game above 500 and sit just two games back now of the American League wild card race so let's look at how that stacks up Tampa a win yesterday over Boston the Rays hold a one and a half game lead for that top AL wild card spot over a three-way tie of those Red Sox the Blue Jays, and the Seattle Mariners because the Orioles have won 10 straight, as have the M's. Seattle this year now 47-42, and 42, tied for that same record, that three-way tie with Boston and Toronto. The Mariners, 10 straight wins, but they were 29-39 and 39 on June 19th, 10 games below 500. Since then, the Mariners have gone 18-3 and three straight up, and in this 10-game winning streak over those last eight consecutive wins, for Seattle they've been booked as an underdog in six of those eight so both the O's and the M's booked as underdogs winning 10 straight games giving you tons of plus money profitability so the Orioles two games back of that three-way tie of Boston Seattle and Toronto we don't have make playoff odds as of yet but we showed you those American League odds for all of those teams in that pennant race right now because if they are going to be a factor in that playoff picture perhaps in the American League that's where you might be able to find some value Tampa again 15 to 1 to win the American League right now Boston 12 to 1 Toronto 8 to 1 still the third best odds Seattle 26 to 1 just a couple of days ago the Mariners were 60 to 1 in this same marketplace over half of that value now sapped 26 to 1 on the Mariners and Baltimore still 100 to 1 
an indication from the FanDuel Sportsbook that the odds aren't going to back up what the Orioles have done. It will be a fascinating case study to see what Baltimore does ahead of the trade deadline at the end of this month of July. So the Orioles in the odds market still behind teams like the Cleveland Guardians, who are three games out of that wild card race, and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, who are 70 to 1 still to win the American League. The Angels are 11 games below 500, but at least picking up a win yesterday because of the man Shohei Otani. In Otani, we trust when he is on the bump for the Halos. Another sensational start for the Angels yesterday at home in Anaheim, leading to a 7 1 victory over the Houston Astros. Look at the stats. For Shohei Otani yesterday, six innings of work on the mound, only one earn given up on just four hits, staying under his hits allowed prop that you can bet on FanDuel. It was at four and a half, the under a slight bit of juice, and going way over that strikeout prop of seven and a half. Once again, the over plus money at plus 116, 12 strikeouts against the Strohs yesterday. A 30-inning scoreless streak comes to an end for Shohei when he gave up that only run of the game allowed to the Astros in the top half of the third inning but Shohei has only allowed one earned run in total in his last five starts and again 12 strikeouts yesterday has faced Houston twice this year has struck out the Astros 12 times in each of those two starts Houston entered yesterday with the fifth lowest K rate all year long against righties that is how good the stuff has been for Shohei Otani four straight starts for Otani with double-digit strikeouts. 13 a career-high four starts ago. 11 to start after that. 10 in his second-to-last start and 12 last night against the Houston Astros. So because of that, Shohei Otani has seen a move in the American League Cy Young market and is now the betting favorite once again to an American League MVP, plus 115, the number on Shohei ahead now of Aaron Judge, who has the second-best odds at plus 170. But as we look at the American League Cy Young odds, tied for third now is where Shohei Otani finds himself, alongside another Yankee in Garrett Cole at plus 850. Shane McClanahan remains the favorite, actually moving up in this market by 40 cents, following his start yesterday against the Boston Red Sox. Another win for McClanahan, his 10th of the year, six and a third yesterday against the Sox. Only one earned, given up on only three hits allowed in six strikeouts against Boston. So McClanahan this year, now a 10 and three record, a 1-7-1 ERA, which now leads all of Major League Baseball for the best earned run average in all of the bigs. Sandy Alcantara, the favorite for the National League Cy Young on the other side of things, has the second best ERA in all of MLB with a 1-7-3 ERA. Justin Verlander trailing Shane McClanahan, the second best price at plus 270. A great two-game set, a midweek series between the two favorites in both of the central divisions in all of Major League Baseball. In the National League, the favorites, the Milwaukee Brewers. In the American League, the favorites in the Central, that would be the Minnesota Twins. And we split a two-game set between these two sides. The Twins taking the final of the two yesterday, 4-1 to one after Milwaukee won the first, 6-3 to three on Tuesday. It was tied at 1, entering the bottom of the ninth. Josh Hader in there for Milwaukee. Gives up a three-run blast to Jose Miranda for the walk-off. And the Twins win... 
four to one. And as these two teams compare to each other, not only the favorites and in first place in each of the central divisions on both sides of Major League Baseball, very similar straight up records, 49 and 40 for Milwaukee, 49 and 41 for Minnesota. The Twins, a four and a half game advantage in the American League Central. The Brewers, just a two game lead in the National League Central. But the Brew Crew, better odds to win that Central Division in the NL, minus 230 right now, ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals. Minnesota, minus 135 as the odds on favorite in the American League Central, still in front of the Chicago White Sox. They play each other to finish off their final series before this All Star break coming up. I believe, starting today as well. We'll go around Major League Baseball with our guy, Joe P. Sapia. Up next on the other side of the break, as we hit the home stretch of the official first half of the Major League Baseball season, we give you that big picture perspective. Up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. When you enter the home stretch of the first half of the Major League Baseball season, only a few games left until we get to the All-Star break, you have to call on the smartest in the industry to assess where the bigs stand right now. We do that on a Thursday, live on the morning after on SportsGrid. I'm Ben Stevens. It's not me, though. It's Joe Pisapia, the host of Diamond Bets each and every weekend, live right here on SportsGrid. Joe P's focus on baseball for a few more weeks before we get Mm -hmm. to football in early August Mm -hmm. as well. We need that expertise right now, Joe P. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and yeah, it does feel like a little bit more movement. Remember a couple weeks ago when we said, hey, wait for that Otani number to get to five or something like that? Let Aaron Judge Ooh. go into the minus, let all that happen, because at the end of the day, only one dude in Major League Baseball is going to hit and pitch at a high level, and that dude's doing it. And I know the team isn't very good, but he is the most valuable asset, most valuable player, most valuable Boy. entity in the game, maybe that we've ever seen in our life especially, so... I mean, it is just a its a spectacular time to be alive to watch Shohei Otani play. It really, really is. Five consecutive sensational starts on the bump because of that Shohei Otani tied for the third best odds in the AL Cy Young race at plus 850 and now the betting favorite once more in the American League MVP, plus 115 ahead of Aaron Judge, who plays for the New York Yankees, of course. The second best odds at plus 170. Joe, it was going to be a very different conversation surrounding the pinstripes. Had yesterday been more disaster, losing to the Cincinnati Reds, they have to force extra innings, come back, and they walk it off in the bottom of the 10th due to a wild pitch from Cincinnati. But the Yankees snapping a three-game slide with a 7-6 victory over the Reds the finale in the Bronx between these two today and Nestor Cortez on the bump against Luis Castillo for Cincinnati and the Yankees of course a minus 200 favorite how have you assessed what the Yankees have done here in the final week leading up to the all-star break well look the Yankees have had a phenomenal season and I think what you have to understand is phenomenal regular seasons don't always equate to phenomenal postseasons. And one of the biggest concerns I had is can this pitching hold up, right? Nestor Cortez looked more human, I would say, in the last six starts, as great as he was in the first few that he had. And then the yep. Luis Severino injury last night, to me, that's the biggest takeaway from this game. It's it, it, not the, 
oh my goodness, thank goodness we won this game. You know, we were kind of struggling. What a great comeback, wild pitch, all that fun stuff. But look, they've won 62 yeah. games. Most of the time, the team that is pulled away like this, I saw a statistic on MLB Network this morning about it. Only 40% of the time does that team make the World Series. These teams that have these ridiculous above board 100 plus win seasons, right? And that's a fascinating thing because the teams that are built for the regular season are not necessarily the same ones that are built for the short series. And I think the Yankees are one of those teams that fits that bill and it always has because creating runs is kind of their problem. It always has been. They're a station to station hitting home runs kind of team. They've had the big pitching this year besides Cole. They've had other guys step up into that void. That's been great. But I think the yep. second half of the Yankees is going to be very interesting if Severino does miss a fair amount of time. Do the Yankees go out there and make a move? I mean, today, certainly with Nestor Cortez, you have to give him the favorite. But, you know, this is an interesting audition on the other end of this game for Luis Castillo for the Yankees. Do the yeah. Yankees go out and look at Castillo today and say, you know what, Cincinnati, why don't you just leave him in the Bronx? Here's a bunch <laughs> of assets. Move on. You're already here. You might as well just, you know, yep. save some plane fare. But uh, the Yankees right. do have some pieces in that system to make a big move. The question is, do they want to pull that trigger I say they do, and I say they will, but we shall see what cost they're willing to pay. So Aaron Judge last night, 0 for 4 at the dish. Mm -hmm. The second straight game he has gone 0 for, not just because Shohei has been sensational here as of late on the mound and a little bit at the dish as well, but Aaron Judge in the month of July just batting 222 from that average perspective in only one home mm -hmm. run in all of July. So that's why we've seen the movement in the American League MVP race. But Joe, you mentioned it. What moves can we expect the Yankees to make ahead of the deadline? What moves might the Astros make as well? There seems to be a clear distinction right now with the two best teams in the American League. The Yankees, the favorites at plus 165, but just over 50 cents behind the Houston Astros at plus 220. So what moves do you expect both of these AL frontrunners to make ahead of the trade deadline at the end of July? Well, the Astros, I don't think, have to do a damn thing because the Astros just got Jake Odorizzi back with a nice start yesterday. And now, all of a sudden, you've got a situation where you can afford to move Christian Javier, who I absolutely love, who's absolutely filthy, into the bullpen again. And I think that's the trend of probably what they want to do in the second half of this season. And that is the addition, basically. So they have depth of rotation. If they want to move Javier into the rotation again in the playoffs, they could do that potentially, stretch him out towards the end. But I don't think they're going to. I think they love him. Maybe he's a two-inning relief guy. And then you get to the closer spot. The Astros are built for this. They're built for the regular season, and I think they're built for the short series, which is why, to me, the Astros are still the team to beat in the American League. I think the Blue Jays are a fascinating one, too, because they have already underperformed, I think, expectations. Mm -hmm. Jose Barrios has been better lately, uh, a little bit more consistent, but he's been that trick. You know, that's that guy. You know, we have Gossman and Minot at the top of that rotation. You need that guy in the three spot to turn it over. And Barrios hasn't mm -hmm. been that. He's been Jekyll and Hyde, and that's why this team is, you know, a few games over 500, but they're not crazy good this year. That's been the difference. Some slow starts shoot out of the gate from Teoscar Hernandez and from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But I would keep an eye on the Blue Jays and Red Sox. You know, I, I keep waiting for the White Sox to make a move and do something, you know, uh, but yeah. you just it just does, seems like they're just the snake bit team this year for some reason. Uh, the Twins, I don't believe in personally. I think they've got a lot of holes and as good of a story as the Mariners have been. I really wonder about that rotation over the next, you know, 75 games or so. To me, it's the Astros league to lose. Uh, but I would not sleep on the Blue Jays. And I think the Red Sox getting Chris Sale back is, that's huge. That's adding an ace, which is something not a lot of teams are going to be able to do. Yep. And you saw the Mariners there. That movement in this marketplace in the American League, now 26 to 1 on Seattle. They were 60 to 1 as this week got underway. Why such stark movement? Well, the Mariners 
have won 10 straight games. Tied with the Baltimore Orioles as the hottest team in all of baseball right now. In the M's, PCP is still booked as a slight road underdog today in the heart of Texas against the Rangers. You mentioned it briefly there. As we look at Seattle in contention for an American League wildcard spot, or maybe in contention of playing serious October baseball, do you believe the Mariners are for real? Look, I think the Mariners are playing more like they were capable of. I think the Mariners in the beginning of the year were incredibly disappointing. Um, so I think this is finally the run that counteracts that. And baseball is a game of streaks, right? Uh, and Martin Perez, who they're facing today, has not been good recently. He has come back shattering to earth from an incredible first 10 starts of the year. And it's been not so great ever since for Martin Perez. So when I look at the Seattle Mariners, you know, you're looking at Robbie Ray at the top of that rotation. I think you have distinct question marks. Are you going to get Logan Gilbert? Are you going to get the George Kirby's of the world to hold up into August and September? And to me, the answer is no. I thought this was a team that I thought the win total going into the year was not giving them enough respect. So I think they're going to yep. hit the over on the win total. But I think in terms of playoffs, it's going to be really tricky for this team because even if the Twins fade and let's say the White Sox make a run or Cleveland makes a run, then there's that opportunity where I think Seattle kind of falls back a little bit. And at the end of the day, they're on the outside looking in. So I would not be looking for the Mariners to get to the playoffs. I'd be looking to go over that win total, though, if you could still bet that anywhere, because that to me yep. was under to begin with to start the season. Sure, it's been adjusted at some point. But at the same time, you look around at what's going on in this American League. It's still very wide open in that wild card. And I think it's fun that the East has been so damn good. One other note, because you were talking about Texas. Keep an eye on John Gray. Start betting on John Gray of the Texas Rangers. Last five, six starts for him have been absolutely spectacular. This might be the pitcher that we thought we were getting when he came into the league as the number two overall pick. He was just, you know, completely just absolutely left for dead in Colorado. This is his second opportunity, and it's starting to come together. And that's a guy you should be looking at because a lot of times the Rangers are going to be underdogs, and a lot of times it's a great way to make money on John Gray. K-props and on the Rangers to win those games. Also pay attention to the Rangers on the run line, the second-best run line record in all of Major League Baseball. Joe P., you mentioned this team mm -hmm. a few times now, the Chicago White Sox. They sit five games back <laughs> of the Minnesota Twins for that top spot in the American League Central. They face each other in this final series before the All-Star break, and the White Sox, the second-best price to win the AL Central at plus 200. The Twins, the odds-on favorites at minus 135. When is it going to be too late for Chicago to start to make that run? <laughs> I think it's too late mid-August. Like, I still think that if they had an incredible mid-August through September run that they could catch the Twins because, once again, I look at the Twins rotation. Joe Ryan's come back down to earth a little bit of late, um, and he's a wonderful long-term pitching prospect, but still I think the innings are starting to take a little bit of its toll. I, I just still don't believe in those teams ahead of them. But the problem is you can have all the talent in the world. If you don't play good baseball and make good decisions, it's a problem. The White Sox have all the star power. They have all the pitching. They have everything that you should be looking for. And at two to one, I don't even know if it's enticing enough to get there necessarily and put that wager yeah. on the White Sox. If it were four and a half, I would say, okay, you know what? Let's give it a shot. But of all the managers that have gotten fired, somehow Tony La Russa still has his job. I don't know why. That's the one guy this year you can make the case for yeah. getting rid of. He's had some terrible in-game decisions. He seems like the game has kind of passed him by, which is unfortunate. He's a Hall of Fame manager. But the White Sox just can't seem to get out of their own way for some reason.
The Blue Jays letting go of their manager yesterday as well, and they stomped the Phillies 8-2. And with Kevin Gosman on the bump today, a minus 375 favorite against the depleted Royals for issues we'll discuss another time. But quickly here, Joe Pisapia, a great pitching matchup tonight in San Francisco. Carlos Rodon, now an all-star on one side for San Francisco. Corbin Burns on the other for Milwaukee. Are we going to stay under that total of six, Joe P? Uh, I think it's a good chance. <laughs> I would definitely be looking for that under. And I would also be looking, by the way, on Kevin Gossman tonight on DK. He's very cheap as a starting pitcher. And with that depleted lineup, like you said, I think that's a lockdown guy that you want in your lineups. And Toronto right now tied in a three-way spot for with the Red Sox and the Mariners for that last and final AL wildcard spot at the moment. Joe P. Sapia, the host of Diamond Bets, always breaking it down. The home stretch of the Major League Baseball first half. Joe P., as always, thank you for your time. More of the morning after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. It's time when we get to this portion of the sports calendar in the summer months where things slow down just a tad that we look to the future in football, the NFL, and helping us do that right now for a second consecutive week. It's like we're back in game weeks. FanDuel's Ryan Williams here on the morning after once again. Last week was team futures, win totals, conference odds, championship odds. This week, it's individual, looking at some player props from a season-long perspective, also available on the FanDuel Sportsbook. R-Dubs, thank you for joining us once again. Oh, it's always a pleasure to join you, Benny Betts. I'm happy to get after it. I'm happy that we're back in full swing of football season. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just a pleasure being on the morning after with you guys at SportsGrid. So uh, I'm just along for the ride and hoping that people can win some money off of these bets. That's what we always hope for. It feels great, Ryan, on a Thursday to have you back here because we would always preview Thursday night football together. We're not all that far away from the season opening game between the Buffalo Bills and the reigning Super Bowl champ, Los Angeles Rams in L.A. And speaking of Buffalo, they are the favorites to win the AFC East with a minus money price. The favorites to win the AFC Championship. The favorites to win Super Bowl 57 as well. So, Ryan, I guess it really shouldn't be surprising that Josh Allen, the quarterback for Buffalo, is the favorite to win the National Football League Most Valuable Player. But do you agree with the idea that Josh Allen is the betting favorite to win NFL MVP? Well, we talked about the Bills last week, Benny, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love the Buffalo Bills. I think that they're definitely gunning. They're, they're all hungry, uh, Josh Allen especially, uh, at, at hoisting that Lombardi. But you know who, you know who's also hungry there is uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, he, talk about 20 to 1 odds. I really like the Baltimore Ravens to bounce back. Um, I think, you know, getting him at 20 to 1 when we're looking at the yep. state of that field and the, and the upside that he offers just with his rushing ability and passing, I think that they've, you know, changed over this offense and they tried to implement that with him last year. He was banged up. J.K. Dobbins was banged up. Um, they have a new regime going on there as far as where the way the offense is going and Hollywood Brown's not there anymore, but, but I still like the chances uh, of, of them to succeed. And I just think that 20 to 1 number is pretty pretty crazy when you're talking about the 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 talent Lamar Jackson has 
20 to 1 and a guy that's not even a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, R Dubs? Just kidding. Lamar Jackson might be a top <laughs> five quarterback, in my estimation, with all that he can do at the quarterback position. So, of course, you see a ton of quarterbacks as the shortest numbers to win NFL MVP. Nine straight QBs have won this award. So, let's go look at some other quarterbacks in terms of a season long prop. Who will lead the National Football League in passing yardage? in the 2022 campaign last year in 2021 it was a guy who was 44 years old in his 22nd season in the nfl yes that would be tom brady who then seemed like he was destined for retirement and he's back year number 23 at the helm of the tampa bay buccaneers but the favorite in this market right now ryan is Justin Herbert oh that's actually for passing yards excuse me we're looking at passing touchdowns sometimes so much information on this show and Tom Brady also led the NFL in passing TDs a year ago we never want to bet against Tom Brady Ryan Williams but what can we expect from the GOAT in his 45th year on this earth he turns 45 in early August in his 23rd NFL season I mean, just the things that we have been expecting over from him the past couple of years. I mean, this guy goes out there and it doesn't seem like he can fail or falter. I mean, I don't want to be the guy to bet against Tom Brady. Um, you know what I'm saying? The 5,300 passing yep. yards in 2021. It's absolutely incredible what he's doing uh, to stick it to father time. Um, but, yep. you know, I do think there's some interesting merit when you're talking about passing yards and passing touchdowns, passing touchdowns, especially just because touchdowns are so you know they're so fluky he's not going to have chris godwin for the beginning uh, of the season he p potentially is what we think he's not going to have rob gronkowski um for all intents and purposes on what he's saying and you're looking at a guy like russell wilson who's 16 to 1 uh to lead in passing touchdowns and i really like that because they're going to let russ cook there uh, with nathaniel hackett in the offense that they're kind of tailoring around russell mm -hmm. wilson so i think there's some merit there um, with him being able to up his passing numbers um, and get to, you know, get to a, an ideal spot when you're talking about passing touchdowns. Tom Brady led the NFL last year in passing yards, 5,316, passing touchdowns, 43, completions, 485, and passing attempts at 719. The Bucs threw the ball the most in the NFL last season. 66.5% of the plays that Tampa ran was a passing play look out for that volume perspective in any of these season long props so let's have some fun with the season long props individually for both justin herbert the quarterback of the la chargers and the two-time reigning nfl mvp aaron Rodgers. 4600 and a half is the passing yards prop for justin herbert in 2022 40 000 and a half is that number for Aaron Rodgers. So as we put this match bet together, obviously, Ryan, it would be heavily favored for Justin Herbert to have more passing yards in 2022. But who are you going with? The young gun or the old veteran guard in Aaron Rodgers? I'm going to go with the young gun. I mean, you know, that that number for Rodgers is, is very interesting because it, it just comes down to how much we think that Devontae Adams really means this offense. I mean, we're seeing a lot of alpha yep. wide receivers, you know, leave the, leave their quarterbacks who we think are, who we know are studs. Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams, uh, Patrick Mahomes with Tyree Kill. Um, the list can go on. But I, I really do like Justin Herbert here. I actually have uh, some futures on him for MVP. I think that he, you know, he's really shown his 
ability to to sling this football. You got a healthy Mike yep. Williams there. I do love Keenan Allen. They got Gerald Everett there at tight end. Um, and and maybe you know we see this offense just be a little bit more explosive if Austin Eckler can stay healthy for a full 16, 17 games. So um, I absolutely love going with with Herbert at that over number. You're also looking at, Benny, the AFC West just getting more explosive. Russell Wilson's there. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes still there. I mean, they're in the divisional games. Those games are going to be shootouts. Uh, Derek Carr getting Devontae Adams as well. It's going to be fun to watch the AFC West this year. Certainly is. Both of these quarterbacks going over this number a season ago. Aaron Rodgers, 4,115. Herbert, well over this prop. He finished with more than 5,000 passing yards last year. Probably would have gone over in his rookie campaign as well. He only played 15 games and still threw for 4,336 yards. Optimism in the offseason for Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers once again. Tied for the third best odds to win the AFC Championship at plus 850 with those Denver Broncos. All right, now let's go to the ground. In certain portions of the country, I'm known as Big Ten Ben. I believe in establishing the run. And when you have Jonathan Taylor for the Colts and Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans, you also believe in establishing the run. AFC South Divisional foes with the same rushing yards prop from a season-long perspective, R-dubs. 13.50 and a half for both JT and Derrick Henry. Who do you got here? Probably even juice on both sides. We going with JT or the man known as the King? Man, this is this is tough, Benny, because you know Derrick Henry. I mean, a, a while ago, I mean, this number keeps dropping on him. I mean, it was fourteen hundred and some, then it was fourteen hundred even. You're looking at thirteen fifty in. In a healthy season, like even with the Titans struggling, I can't see them going against their philosophy on having to run. Bringing in Matt Ryan from the Colts, you know, he's not as he's not as favorable to get. I think Jonathan Taylor the amount of touches. Um, I think this offense could could really take a step back. As as ironic as that sounds, it's just Matt Ryan. He knows one thing, and that's that's kind of passing the ball and maybe being a little bit more efficient. Um, and maybe even his passing numbers go up and that affect Jonathan Taylor. I get it. Like Jonathan Taylor is an absolute yeah. stud, and we saw him beast out last year, um, just being the leading rusher. But Derrick Henry is the guy who's done it year after year after year. Um, he hasn't hit that thirty plateau quite yet. Twenty eight years old, but I. Think think that uh, right. we got to go King Henry on this one. And that will be the question. With the physical style of running that Derrick Henry has, when does age start to catch up? Only 937 rushing yards for King Henry last year, but he only played in eight regular season games. In fact, he averaged more than 117 yards on the ground. He was well on pace. That was the most rushing yards per game average in the NFL, and he had 10 rushing TDs in only eight games. But Jonathan Taylor did lead the NFL in rushing yards last year, 1,811, and in rushing touchdowns at 18. Both 1,350 and a half, both playing in the AFC South. And maybe, Ryan, because Derrick Henry only played eight games a season ago, and we see how impactful he is for Tennessee overall, he is the favorite to be the comeback player of the year in the NFL. Is that smart money? Derrick Henry playing eight games last year comeback player of the year does it add up to you yeah it it adds up to me this is one that I've been kind of toying with uh, pretty much the past couple weeks Benny because when you look at comeback player of the year you're looking at you know I think it's the past 14 years I think that it's gone to 10 of the 10 of the 14 have gone to quarterbacks um and you're really looking at a a significant stretch there um for a couple years 
past, I think it was 2014 to 2017 or maybe 18, where significant players had dealt coming back from significant injuries. And then we saw, you know, Alex Smith, um, he, he had the significant injury as well, too. Now, last year, we had uh, Joe Burrow win this, and he was ba- battling with Dak, and that was a significant injury. Right. So you really are looking at significant injuries um, factoring into this. And when you're looking at the slate, it's like, who really stands out to you? I mean, maybe Michael Thomas at 16 to one. He's very interesting if we can get a full season for him. But Derrick Henry, I mean, is really, really the guy because we think that the Tennessee offense is going to have to be carried by Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill doesn't have A.J. Brown anymore. So I, yeah. I get it. It's only 350, but like that's really where your money should be going on this comeback player of the year. Um, it's, it's, you know, people will go to those quarterbacks, but we're really looking at significant injuries. I mean, when Derrick Henry was on the field last year for Tennessee in those eight regular season games, the Titans were 6-2. and two. King Henry won on a stretch from weeks two to week six where he had at least 113 rushing yards in each and every game. That's the impact that Derrick Henry has. So if Tennessee does win the AFC South or becomes a playoff team in the AFC, it correlates to Derrick Henry winning this award. I love Jameis Winston at 5-1, to one, however. From that quarterback perspective, if the Saints can reach the postseason in the NFC. And I love Baker Mayfield there at 10 to 1 <laughs> as well. The boulder on his shoulder, a chip of everybody doubting Baker Mayfield. All right, let's look at the pass catchers now, the wide receivers in the NFL. Of course, we have Triple Crown Kahooper Cup as one of the favorites to have the most receiving touchdowns once again in the NFL this upcoming season. Tied right there with Mike Evans at 7-1, to but very similar numbers in this marketplace. Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, all at 9-1 to as well. Ryan, how do you see this market playing out? Yeah, you know, I really am interested in Stefan Diggs here at this number. I mean, he mm. has been an alpha wide receiver and his numbers have been really, you know, jumping off the page um, since he's been in Buffalo, you know, kind of getting revitalized there. And so listen, I talked about how hungry this Buffalo Bills team is. And if I got money on Josh Allen winning MVP, then I definitely like to take his alpha wide receiver um, and Stefan Diggs at 14 to one, who he's 14 to one to lead in receiving yards. And he's 1400, 14 to one to lead in uh, receiving touchdowns as well. You love that he had a red zone role Last year, I think he was right behind Cooper Cup, uh, second there when you're talking about red zone targets and red zone uh, reception. So I think that uh, Stefan Diggs is really being slept on here, and he's the guy that I would want to target. FanDuel's Ryan Williams knows the name of the game when it comes to the futures market. Correlate, and he does a great job of that. R-Dubs, thank you. We round out our one-up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our number one of the morning after live on this Thursday on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Just because our number one is coming to a close in a few moments does not mean that our number two will begin with fireworks. In fact, it will start with theatrics at the 150th Open Championship. Tiger Woods has made his way to the first tee. He tees off in just about a minute. 
We will look at what Tiger does on hole number one, where the leaderboard stacks up at the moment, and what the live odds have to say as we begin our number two. Now, if you don't know this, Twitter was down earlier this morning. We try to engage with the public to end out every hour number one with our fade the public poll. We didn't receive all that many responses because Twitter wasn't working, but we conducted a fade the public poll within our own group here on the morning after. So, hey, why not? Let's fade the public. And it had to do with one Eldrick Tiger Woods as the big cat begins his prowl at the 150th Open. What is the best bet for Tiger Woods at the Open Championship? To win outright, he was 65-1 to before the tournament got underway. To finish top 20, that was plus 290 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. To make the cut, we saw some movement against Tiger yesterday. Closed around minus 134, minus 140 to see the weekend at St. Andrews or miss the cut six votes including myself our producer john shames our graphics producer jesse metzger our associate producer jack weinberger our executive producer alex fasano and our most recent guest FanDuel's ryan williams two of them top 20s myself and john shames the four others to make the cut we all believe tiger will at least see saturday at st andrews and he's on the tee right now with a smile on his face as i peer off to my side monitor to see the beginning of the 150th playing at the Open Championship as Tiger Woods is now on the course. We come back for our number two up next here on the morning after.